Okay, man. Fuck. Shit. Okay. Fuck. Here we go. Hey, I'm here with Rob Bevanick today. He's my guest. He's one of my favorite comics that I've ever got to work with. One of the dudes that when I started uh, had his own voice already. And we're talking like 10 years ago. He was already a fucking star. And I'm really happy to have him today because not only is he my guest, but we're also talking about his goddamn new album coming out. Uh, Rob's album, Everything is Fine, is coming out across all fucking platforms. This was recorded at Yuck Yucks, fucking pre-pandemic. And uh, it's coming out now. And... Um, all right, honestly, off camera, we've been chit chatting and shit like that. But Rob, uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself, and I'm gonna roll a joint. Uh, wh- <laughs> what do you want to know about myself, Reitz? We we talked about what did we talk <laughs> about me off camera? And we we were talking about other shit, but I you didn't want to talk about that you you went to school for comedy, which I thought was really funny. But you've been a touring comic, and you've been touring the last few years. Like you, you were signed already when you were young. So how young were you when you got signed? Uh, I was, I think three years into comedy when I got that's signed. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. And it was, that's, it was pretty quick. Yeah. Well, you had a voice already when you were coming out. You used to have like this like classic skater hair dude, really white guy look, but you already had so much power in comedy. And since then, obviously you've gone so far and you've created some of the best jokes in Canadian comedy, some really classic ones. Um, and, and you tour and shit like that. But what I want you to tell people is, uh, what's comedy been like for you at least the last few years since you did get started so young and then you were signed so young too uh i mean it's been i think good i feel like pre-pandemic i was like okay it's really taken off everything's going in the right direction uh and then pandemic hit and i was just like fuck <laughs> uh which i mean everybody's dealing that but i don't know i think because so many things happened so quick for me then i just started plodding along as as a. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I got to a point where I'm like, nothing's happening. And I started to get frustrated, but at the same time I was performing a ton. So I was just kind of focused on that. But it's like, you know, when you get a bunch of stuff early and you're like, I should be further along, but then you're just hitting these plateaus. But you pretty much got everything nice and early. But I didn't though. There was a lot of stuff I didn't get early that people just assumed that I did. I think in my head, I assume that you've had it all. Is well, there one that stands out that you haven't got? Well, I did just for laughs last year for the first time. And, <laughs> and but everyone that I saw there was just like, they're like, yeah, you've been here like three or four times. And I'm like, no, no, I I've always assume that with you, man. It's because you've been so established for so fucking long that everybody assumes the reason you're so established is because you've already got everything under your belt. You've done the East Coast festivals and shit like that. I, I've done every festival in Canada now. Well, yeah. <laughs> you fucker. Yeah. Man, see, that's what that's what I'm talking about, man. Okay, wait. Everyone haven't says, you, though? What do you mean, you fucker? You've done them all, too, haven't you? No, I, Halifax won't book me for some reason. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I had a beef with Halifax once. We were sitting at Yuck Yucks. And uh, in between shows, I guess they had the table that I sat at, at the second show. But they must have had that table during the first show. But it was reserved for me for the second show. So I get there. I see res- reserved for my Greta and friends, whatever. So I sit there. And then the lady from Halifax Comedy Festival shows up and she's like, that's our table. And I'm like, no, miss, this is our table. And you know how I dress. I kind of dress hooligan with my friends. We had some big clothes. We had our toques on. We looked like, you know, and I thought, I think she thought that we were stupid and that we were stealing her seats and that we didn't understand how reservations work. We're like, miss, this is reserved for us. And I slid forward that it said Mike Rita and she got so embarrassed. And then I was like, who are you anyway? And I kind of, she's like, oh, we're, Halif- we're with the Halifax Comedy Festival. And I never got booked from then on. And uh, that's probably why, because she, she grabbed my friend's arm and he was like, yo, don't grab me. And she got so embarrassed. Yeah, we had some good times, man. I don't I don't think they'd hold that against you. They're, right, they're, they're, everyone out there is lovely. They're 
They probably long since forgot about that interaction. Don't listen to this motherfucker. No, they, listen to me. Don't. You're such a good person that I don't believe shit. <laughs> <laughs> now listen. Fucker. I'm not a good person. Really. Do you I'm think, an awful person. Well, not really. Because I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing. No. Do you know how many people have stabbed Reeds? Oh, yeah. Zero. <laughs> listen, man. You're not. You're, you're, you're okay. Okay. You used to be a bad boy of comedy. Now you're a good guy because the bad boy of comedy has changed. It used to be about being a good comic and having like, you know, pretty good material and being a tough guy. Now it's not about that, is it? Do you think comedy has changed drastically for the good or for the better? Uh, for the good or for the worse? I don't, I, I haven't noticed, like I haven't had people complaining about my act. Yeah. I haven't had people being like, you say ignorant shit because I don't. It's not hard to not, be ignorant and yeah. so a lot of these guys that are defending uh uh free speech and comedy i'm just like no you're just your joke sucks that's the problem <laughs> nobody complains about a well-crafted joke I've you never... can still talk about any subject you want that's right just don't be ignorant and you better be funny i think a lot of people forget that funny is the number one thing man they're like there's great comics out there who still talk about whatever the hell they want and they're good at it so it doesn't come off as ignorant <laughs> do you did, did you what okay have you ever had like someone complain to you like small town any of that kind of shit you're a pretty good white dude comic i can't imagine small town people having issues with you no uh i'm trying to think if i ever got uh a complaint i don't think so Somebody complained about Dave Burke in front of me. No way. <laughs> that was awkward. Uh, we, this girl came up, Dave and I were chatting after a show and this girl came up to me and, and, and Dave, and she said to me, she's like, um, I really liked your set. I thought everything you talked about was really tasteful. And then she turned to Dave and she's just like, uh, you're i don't know she's like you're disgusting and you offended me and, oh my god and both of us were like well this is weird <laughs> like the hell are you supposed to do now well i didn't know how to respond to it i, I really didn't <laughs> i uh, i just sat there awkward and dave's like the nicest dude that's why when i was like complaining about dave. guy well he's not now he's working out he's he's all buffed out no Dave I'm, Burke. Well, he's Dave Burke buff. He's, he's doing, not, but yeah, like so, like you know, Revenge of the Nerds buff or something. I'm about that shit. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he might even be like MMA training or something. Oh my fucking lord! What a fucking maniac! You know, he should do that. I met Dave Burke's parents one time in the East Coast. I didn't even know it was Dave Burke's parents. I, I I was in the you know when you stay at the Halifax Yuck Yucks on the Saturday they have the market behind where you can go like buy the fresh seafood and shit like that yeah. behind the yucks. Man, I was staying there that one weekend. I go to the market in the morning. You know, I go check out the shit. I see these cool plush toys. I start talking to the lady who's working the plush counter. And she's like, oh, what you're not from here? Where are you from? I tell her I'm a comic. She tells me uh, that her son is a comedian, that he lives in Toronto. I go, oh, man, I might know him. Who is it? And she goes, Dave Burke. And then as soon as she says Dave Burke, that her, his dad is sitting there. And he goes, ah, don't be telling him that. Nobody needs to know what Dave's doing. And I, and I was like, what? And then when I talked to Dave, apparently his dad fucking hates that he was a comic. And it makes me really happy that Dave is MMA training and working out. Because I hope he punches out his fucking dad. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? back up for a second. What Were you, you're a grown man. Were you buying plush toys? Yeah, yeah. So it was like. Uh, were you buying them to give to a child? Or were no, you just no, like, I they, like they, they were, uh, they were, I love that that was what's stuck in your fucking head. <laughs> I, they they were little monsters so like the one that i bought had like four arms and three eyes and it was all creepy and shit but that's what dave burke's mom was selling i know it's fucking nuts. That's, that's pretty amazing yeah i know i didn't i okay i wasn't at first gonna buy the fucking plushie 
I bought the plushie because I asked, I thought it was cool that this old white lady was selling these monster plushies. And then it turns out it was Dave's mom. I, I am a sucker to, I, I have to buy shit if I know there's a story now. Like, like I bought a cork fucking wine topper just because the guy said it was driftwood. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm such a fucking loser. <laughs> I can like shit like that sticks with me forever, man. Did you did you buy seafood and and cook it in the uh, in the condo there? No, man. Fuck that. I bought like three fucking lobster rolls for like 15, 16 bucks. One of them had bacon in it. It was crazy. And I just fucking went back and I, I mean, you know, when I'm in the East Coast, I'm so fucking lazy. I'm lazy all the time, but I'm extra lazy when I'm in the East Coast, man. I just order cron fucking seafood. Do you okay? I, I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but there, there's the there's the manager is like a black dude with the afro. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's yeah, like a big, yeah. Big big dude, and he loves the comics. If you're, there's yeah, even, that guy's an absolute beauty. Dude, I couldn't even, tell you his name. To I save my I, life. Oh, I know. I can't tell. Man, I think it's Will or some shit like that. Man, <laughs> that's not ringing a bell, but it could be. Man. I only I only met him once because I've only uh, I've only been back out. Do you remember years ago when uh, Pavone and O'Brien and I went out there? Wait, and you guys were like an energy tour or something? What was that shit? No, it was just literally we were like, you you would lose money to go out and play oh, yeah. Halifax and Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah, you would. So the way I pitched it to Jess at Yucks at the time, I was like, let me go out with Obi and Pavone so that I can treat it like a vacation. It'll just be fun and I don't care about the money. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, that was the last time I had played that club except for at the Halifax Comedy Festival. So I haven't been back there and to just do a club weekend in six or seven years. And I was booked to play there like two weeks after lockdown. Uh. <laughs> and I was going to play with, do you know Colin Hollett? Yeah. I was going to go there and, and uh, Colin was going to come out from Newfoundland and host. And I love that That's a party weekend. Yeah, that's a party weekend. That guy's fun, man. Yeah, I've never worked with that dude either. So it was just like... He's one of those newfie newfies where he talks like this, man. He goes off and he, but he's the best because he's always down to have a good time. Colin Hollett. Oh, he's such a beauty. Man, that guy's a beauty. The whole the whole Newfoundland scene rivals any other scene other than Toronto and Vancouver. Like as far as Calgary goes or Edmonton, Montreal, they have top class comics. Arguably the most popular touring comic in the country right now would be a guy named uh, Mike Lynch who tours from there, who does theaters all by himself. He could just do it all by himself because of his characters and shit like that. And his stand-up's next level. Man, that guy dated my wife's twin sister, and uh, so I, he was a close friend of mine for a long time. I got that. I paid that guy to dress up as Cupid once. Who Lynch? Yeah, Mike Lynch. I paid him to dress up as Cupid and shoot a bag of weed from a dart at, at Danielle, who was living in Newfoundland at the time. This guy showed up in fucking a giant diaper, shot her with a fucking thing, handed her wine and a box of chocolates, lost it. Fucking the man. Shout out to Mike Lynch for dressing up as Cupid back in the day before he was famous. That guy is a beauty. That, that's a real beauty. That guy's the most humble dude and he sells out theaters. I can think of a hundred comics from the city of Toronto that if they even sold out one theater, it would go right to their head and they'd be the biggest pieces of shit you ever seen in your life. Well, there's a lot of people here. So there's uh, uh, a lot of pieces of shit as well. <laughs> I mean, this scene is so big here. There's a lot of pieces of shit. Man, can't, oh, fuck. What, are, what you've been a comedy you're, long enough and you're like a semi pretty alpha dude you're, you're you're humble and really nice so you're not like kind of a mean dude but you're very like strong and have you ever had an asshole comic try to flex their chest at you yeah I, I, well, there's a couple guys when i started and it was usually like older guys and they would try and big dog me but i i'm not very easily intimidated like 
Yeah, you're your own big dog. You're not a fucking little pup, bro. You but I also think that shit's childish. Like, of course, of course it is. Only because you've become a good comic and you're not going to flex on some younger comic to be an asshole. Well, it's just like it's a small industry. It's fucking petty to do that. I remember all the guys who were shitty to me coming up. Oh, yeah. And I remember all the guys who were good to me. Remember and I won't name one. the shitheads, but like guys like uh, Ron Jossel, were, he was so good to me when I was a garbage open micer. I know. Uh, Gilson Lubin was so good to me when I was a garbage open micer. The best. And I, I, I remember shit like that, but I definitely remember the guys who were shitty to me. And I mean, some of them are usual suspects, you know, without naming them. I can think of all of them right now. Yeah. Man, being a Canadian comic is one of the funniest things. We are not even respected around the world unless you're really into comedy and you really understand how many comics we've pushed out there into the world. And then we also don't respect our, our, each other. Like it changes with guys like you and I where we, you know, we're not scared to be nice to the younger comics. I, I had to run a show for years where I just booked younger comics. And that was actually a nightmare. I, I found all the guys who were shitty were guys that were worried that you were going to take some of their pie. We did whereas, take their pie too. Whereas guys who were good uh we're just like yeah i'm doing my thing you do your thing we, 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 there's there's room for us all to make money here man i didn't even want any other fucking pie so that they couldn't complain i made my own pies i went after the weed crowd the immigrant crowd all that fucking you weirdos. did you really carved out uh you, you carved out a niche in a in a in a place in a time where you really do need to carve out a niche i think that's been the hardest thing for me is i don't have a niche how, how the fuck are you supposed to find it you can't find it if nobody allows you to bro i got lucky because brian o'gorman and hunter collins allowed me to find this little weed niche market and then i just fucking ran with it <laughs> what do you got there? is that hunter's shirt hunter collins shirt. <laughs> oh, hunter, collins, hunter shirt. collins makes his way into this i haven't had him as a guest yet fuck i gotta have that guy he's a maniac yeah he's another diamond holy shit man there's almost nobody better in canadian comedy than hunter you, you couldn't find someone who's got a maybe like a drunk story of hunter collins but they don't got a bad one where he did something bad to them you know well no it's just another guy who doesn't need to be shitty no uh, no that's right he he carves his own path you see when someone's shitty to you it's because you know they got their own shit going on. Uh, there were guys that started like a year before me and tried to big dog me. And I'm just like, but you, you, you suck too right now. You came up in a crazy time, a, a time where people were coming out fucking firing as young comics, man. You, Pavone, Woodrow, Matt O'B, uh, the bonus. Oh man, there's like a whole little Chris crew. Robinson. Oh man. We literally, all of those guys started the exact same time. That's crazy. And, but it was good. It, it it pushed us all to be better. That might be the best class of Canadian comics ever, arguably ever. And I and I was lucky because I show up a year or two later. I'm already watching you guys as a teenager, like 16, 17, sneaking in a yucks and shit. I still remember the first day you came up and introduced yourself to me. And, <laughs> and it was at um, Fox and the Fiddle. Oh, man. And you knew... Like you knew my name, you knew my jokes and you knew all the people that I like ran with. And I was like, how the fuck, who is this guy? And how does, and you were complimentary and nice. And I was like, I like this guy, but I don't know how the fuck he knows everything. Listen, man, I started showing up to comedy shows in Toronto at 16 years old because I loved comedy. I would tr drag my high school friends out to come watch. And I would watch you guys at the Yucks Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And I knew that the Tuesdays were the college kids, the Wednesdays were the amateurs. But I, I remember seeing people go from Tuesdays to Wednesdays and being like, cool, that guy's fucking, he's doing it, oh my God. And I remember watching you guys, watching you guys become Wednesday comics all the time, become amateurs. And then and by the time I became a young comic at 18, I already knew all you guys. I was huge fans of you. I was a big fucking nerd. I'd show up at shows and be like, hey, I know you. And, and you guys would all be like, I'm only been doing 
comedy for two, three years. Yeah. I'm nobody. How do you know me? I'd be like, you, Rob Bevanick, you do the joke about it. Oh, yeah. I think you might have been one of the first people who came up to me and was like, I know who you are <laughs> as a comedian. And I was like, okay, man, but I ain't shit. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd see you guys at Vapor Central and be so happy because I'd have to sneak into Vapor Central. Vapor Central was 18 plus or 19 plus, and I, I wasn't allowed in, but I'd sneak in all the fucking time. I'd say, I know the, the comedians, and the guy would just let me out the door. And I didn't know the comedians. I just knew you guys. And, uh, oh, man. Oh, fuck, man. So you're like a bona fide comedy fan. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm not. I hate stand-up comedy. See, you and you know who else surprises me with that is Keith Pedro. Keith Pedro fucking hates stand-up. He's like, I never watched stand-up. I didn't give a fuck I, about stand-up. I don't watch stand-up at all. There's like a, a handful of specials I'll watch, but by and large, I, I just don't care. I don't want to. Man. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love stand-up comedy. Of I just don't love other people's stand-up comedy. Man, that's a comic thing, though. I, I'm sure if you were to ask Richard Pryor, George Carlin, a million great comics throughout, they're like, no, nah, I don't even like barely any of my peers. And it's not that I don't like them. I just can't watch them. I don't care. I, I like my care. peers more. Like, I'm running yeah. that tall boy show now. Every, oh, every Did you have a tall boy show before? Somebody had a tall boy show. Well, I had a tall boy show briefly. And then I, uh, I'm terrible at promotion. So I, I didn't promote it very well. And I didn't put the effort in. But now... I got people helping me promote it and uh that works because it's a pandemic like i just have insane lineups right now amazing yeah people just dying to do comedy like my show this week is uh mike wilmont's headlining uh <laughs> keith pedro chris robinson courtney gilmore and nick beaton that's my lineup man nick beaton holy that's another one of that crew the crew i was a part of that crew that young crew back in the day 2008 <laughs> Yeah, he was a couple years before me, I think. Yeah, but he was a like East Coaster, right? Yeah. Him and Nathan McIntosh. That's their own crew. He's, have... he's two days older than me. No way. Yeah. Yeah, he was born December 29th. Man, Nick Bean has aged fucking terribly. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Nick Bean is a 40-year-old librarian, not a fucking, you know, dude in his 30s holding it down. What Nick, are you, like Nick, 33, if you're listening 34? to this, I love you. What uh, are you, 33, 34? No, 37, buddy. I always think that you're much younger than you are because you got that good young skin, bro. I started comedy late, too, so I think that throws people off. I, I was think I was almost 26 when I started. No. Yeah. I always feel like you were so young, man. No, I just had uh, I just had long curly hair and a, and a baby face. You looked young. Yeah, you looked young. I did people see that picture of me that, yeah, that's the one. Uh, and they're like, oh, what do you like? 16 here and i'm yeah. like no i'm 20 i think i'm almost 27 in that picture holy christ yeah it uh <laughs> okay all right we're getting we're getting okay all right so getting carried away here no someone's asking me to ask you something man they want me to talk to you about football okay what about football <laughs> why am i talking about football oh it's all coming together man okay okay well, we got a producer's note mid-show and i'm really happy that we did uh it's not that's not why i started like no i want in on it i go run with it this is good why did you what happened with football did you fuck up your leg or some shit you're one of those dudes oh yeah i fucked up my leg playing football (sighs) i i tore every ligament in my right knee but i i was uh you were one of those dudes i was one of those dudes but i like i i don't know what's that guy who who almost made the nfl a few years ago jesse something jesse fucking mcmahon or mcmasters or something i don't remember oh no no no! i know exactly you're talking about he went to mcmaster and it was uh (laughs) oh what's his name something jesse something yeah he was uh, i can't believe i can't think of his name he was jesse or um he was fucking ian gordon's roommate in college no fucking way yeah yeah uh 
I can't remember his What's name. What's his name? Now he's on the Canadian Olympic bobsled. Yeah, exactly, you, bro. You couldn't. Have, you know exactly. I'm talking. Big yeah, giant white dude, bro. Yeah, he tore his ACL. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in camp playing for Washington. That's exactly what happened. Poor he, dude. He led the CFL in rushing. He got a tryout. <laughs> Uh, Jesse Lumstrom, Lumstrom, Lumsden, Lumsden, Jesse Lumsden, dude. We got it. We got it. What? Jesse Lumsden from the University of Western Ontario. Is that the dude? Man, Lumsden. He went. He went to Mac. He went to Mac. Yeah, he went to Mac because he was roommates with a with a buddy of ours. Man, Ian Gordon. Shout out to Ian Gordon who used to rock a cool Charles Barkley jersey before anybody even knew what a throwback jersey was. Man, okay. I did, uh, I played rugby too. And then I, I turned down a rugby scholarship because I got uh, like my ninth concussion. Yeah, of course. Right before I had to decide. And I was just like, no, I can't. Dude, I can't get crazy? hit in the head anymore. That's the norm now. People and now are, I'm 37 and my body is just fucked. Like it's so broken. What does it feel like in the morning? You have like classic broken athlete body in the morning? Uh, it was It was really bad for a while because I got super lazy and I was just like, I was just allowing myself to age poorly. Sure. And then I was just like, okay, I'm either going to be in pain all the time or I'm going to put in the work to kind of fix myself. So it's better. It's still like some mornings I get up and I'm like, oh, that's not working today. Or some days I'll be like walking down my steps and my knees just like, you know what? I'm, I don't feel like fucking doing anything. Oh, anymore. man. Last summer, my shoulder just decided I can't throw baseball anymore. Just, no. Just one day, my shoulder's like, nah, we're done. Dude, that's a classic thing, man. That happened to my brother. He just will never throw baseball anymore, man. Unless you're like five feet away and he's just tossing it. Yeah. There's none of that long toss anymore. No, everything hurts. I wish, uh, I wish I'd. So where'd you grow up? Kitchener, Ontario. Ah, no wonder you played football and rugby like that. Sure. Yeah. It was just a. Uh... What else do you do? You yeah, know, what else you are you going to do? You get drunk, you play sports, and then you beat each other up. That makes sense. Because when I was growing up in Toronto, very few people played football or rugby. But uh, yeah, people outside the city, of course you play football, man. But you I, fucked up your knee. Yeah, I f- well, I fucked up both of them. I have so many, like if I went through my list of injuries, like serious injuries, at midway through the list, you'd be like, this guy's full of shit. There's no man, way he's hurt all those I've things. never even had a cast on my body. That's how kind of like, you know what I played as a kid was sport? I was a ball hockey kid. That's it. I've lost teeth. I've been slashing the hand, kind of swollen hands and shit like that, but nothing crazy where I've like broken fucking knees. I never had any breaks. I had like a dislocated ankle, tore my hamstring, <laughs> uh, tore ligaments in my knees. I have, just as bad. I have herniated discs in two different spots in my back. What does that feel like? It sucks. Mike. Yeah, man, it that's sucks. like shit. that's old man shit. You can't move. And it's shit. literally like when what the one in my lumbar when that goes out, it's just like oh, you get to sleep on the floor for two weeks. No way. Yeah, it's fucking brutal, dude. That's classic old man shit. What you said right now is so funny. Like it hurts, all right, David. It hurts, man. Okay, wait. I uh, I wish so. I was a bit of a chameleon in high school in the sense that I played sports, but I didn't really hang out with. I wasn't a jock because I didn't really hang out with the guys I played sports. You with. know, you see that all, in your personality. All my buddies were potheads. Yeah, like, that's who I spent all my time with. Guys who just like getting drunk and high and and having a laugh. Uh, so it was just like, and I also like, I don't know. I was in drama fest too, so I, I never really had. Like I had my friends, but I didn't have a specific crowd. I like to, I think that's the only reason why I've kind of been able to adapt to the comedy world. Cause I think you can be too, too much one way or too much the other way in this comedy world. I feel like people almost condemn you in stand-up comedy. If, if you're a, a former jock. Yeah, of course they condemn you cause they're all nerds and they don't want There's you a to, lot of nerds in comedy. Comedy is 90% nerds, a couple of jocks. And a lot of the people at the top 
weren't jocks, weren't me. They were just cool dudes. Cool people were just fucking made it, you know? <coughs> I mean, because <coughs> yeah, you come off as That alpha. sounds good. You come off as alpha, but you're not. It, you could be if you needed to be in a situation. Could you defend yourself? Could you stand up for yourself? Blah, blah, blah. Sure. Sure. A guy attacked me in the pizza place under my building a couple years ago. No fucking way. And I literally threw him through the wall. Of course, bro. Fight or flight, man. You're a guy who's done enough. You, you know, you're hardened enough. Well, yeah, in Kitchener, all you do is fight growing up. So, you know, it was good to know I still got it because the guy just just cold cocked me in the face at a pizza joint. And I was yeah, just you gotta, like, look at the size of your jaw. That guy's hands all fucked. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm going to throw you through this wall now. And I literally, I felt bad for the pizza place because I literally put a giant body sized hole in the wall. Idiots. I hate people who try to fight in public places like that. I got punched in the head one time by a crackhead at McDonald's at Dufferin and DuPont. And there's no walls to put them through. Everybody just, you know, it's just awful, man. Just, yeah, yeah. Violence is uh, never the answer. I was violent as a teenager, too. Lots of fighting in the hood. Well, I think a lot of shithead teens are. Like, uh, you. there's no consequences back then. But Okay, man. Like, I, haven't, I haven't done anything like that unless I've been attacked since I was no, a teenager. No, I would never want to fight somebody. God, what a fucking awful feeling it is to fight somebody. It does. It sucks. Afterwards, you just, like, you, you, don't, you don't feel good. No, man, you have all that extra adrenaline. You can't sleep for a f- until like three in the morning, four in the morning, because you're, you're replaying every fucking punch in your head. The next day you wake up and you finally get to feel everything after the adrenaline's gone and you're sore everywhere. Your neck hurts back of your head. You didn't even know you got punched and hurts. Yeah, getting punched in the face doesn't hurt at the time. It hurts like the next day. Oh, yeah, man. The next day when you try to open your eye or eat or something like that, man, we used to get in, in, in like five on five fights. We grew up in the hood. And you would show up with all your homies and you'd have to fight another guy. And it was the, I remember every time walking up to a fight thinking, why the fuck am I here? My mom told me a million times they were to hang out with these idiots. This is fucking why my mom, my mom's voice would be the one always in my fucking head. And uh, yeah, I got punched in the face a bunch as a kid. I got knocked out one time with a pool ball. Guy hit me in the head with a pool ball. That's no good. I called him a princess at a, at a pool hall. That'll set him off. And I, yeah, I was like, shut up. Prin-. I swear to God, I used to shut up, princess. And apparently, buddy followed me out the back while I was going for a smoke and hit me in the back of the head with a pool ball. I actually don't remember any of this. There's a great video my sister has on an old flip phone somewhere in our house where it's me in the hospital. And I ask her five times in like a minute, why am I here? It's such a trippy video because I don't remember any of it. It's just me in the hospital going, why are we here? And she goes, because you got hit in the head, Mike. I go, okay. So you just triggered one of my favorite fight stories ever. Give it to Um, me, man. That happened at a pool hall and didn't have anything to do with me. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Uh, It was only a couple years ago. Uh, so everyone already had smartphones at this point in time. Fuck, that's fucked. But this sums up Kitchener, okay? <laughs> now, if a fight breaks out anywhere, now every single person around has their cell phone out. Yeah, of course. So I was at, uh, I had I had done uh, a comedy show in downtown Kitchener, and then I went down the road to play pool with my buddy, Lewis. And you know the local spots? Uh, not really anymore. I, I haven't lived in Kitchener since I was like, I left home at 18. So oh, I, fuck. So it's not even the same place anymore. No, but I, a lot of my old buddies are still there. So, Thank God. So we went and uh, actually, don't, we weren't even playing pool. We were playing darts in a pool hall. Nice. Uh, and then all of a sudden this fight breaks out and not a single person in the pool hall pulled out their phone. Everyone just watched. Everyone either got in on the fight. Nice. Or just like, there was like this old man playing pool and the fight's literally happening. Like guys are bumping into him and he was just like looking over his shoulder, <laughs> annoyed because he wanted to take a shot. He was just like, will these kids fuck off so I can make this shot? 
But I was just like, this is oh, so Kitchener. Nobody has a phone out. People just want action. They're yeah, like, let's man. do this. Dude, fuck that, man. Nothing better than a good rumble that you're not in. Nothing better than a good rumble that you never want to see someone get hurt. You just want to see someone. There's, it's, there's a very exhilarating thing that, that happens when you watch someone catch a punch in the face and not drop. You, you, you kind of well, like uh, when when Jose Bautista took that shot oh, to the chin. Oh no, that one's devastating because you're you're so deeply rooted for the Jays and you hate Odor so much, but he lands such a clean. He hit him right on the button, <laughs> and I can't believe Bautista. No, no, you ever see Bautista's neck? Man, we, we okay, man. You know, I got a weird. Batista That's still story. a shot right on the button by another professional athlete, yeah. full force. And you're kind of running into it too because he was kind of doing. Oh man, you know, Batista. At the end of the day, he doesn't go down. Odor gets props for that zap on the chin, man. He got him so good that when you slow it down, you actually see Batista's face do like the knockout look, you know? Oh, there is a moment where like there's just a haze in, in Batista's eyes. And I'm like, oh, that rung his bell a bit. Oh, but he didn't. Too. But he didn't go down. I know. Man. You think Encarnacion would have gone down? Yes. I know. I, I think I think 90% of the guys in the oh, league yeah. taking that shot on the button would have gone down. I think Aaron Loop would have been done for the rest of his career. That little <laughs> soft, no neck motherfucker. Have you <sighs> ever seen the the old clip of Mike Matheny taking a pitch in the face. <laughs> no, man. Oh, man, that's classic. I love Mike Matheny. Obviously the name, but okay, tell me about this Mike Matheny pitch. So you can YouTube this. If you to, if you start typing Mike Matheny, it, it auto-fills to, to, oh, yeah. to ball to the face. He takes a, a, a fastball to the face. To the front? Like side? To, to his mouth. Oh, fuck. And he just, he stands there for a second, like stunned spits out some of his teeth Ugh. and starts walking to first base. Wow. Like he didn't even, and they're, they're like, guys are like, Mike, you got to come out of the game. Your Bleeding face it, yeah. is smashed in. And he's like, he's just like, no, I'm fine. Like Dude, he's different type of human once upon a time, man. Yeah. This has got to be late eighties, early nineties. Those bit. guys, what it took to get to the majors through, through going through the minors, those bus drives, those shitty fucking. I'm so happy. I grew up in a time where I, I caught the last group of degenerate athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's still fuck ups now, oh, but I'm talking like pure, like guys have to take care of their bodies now to yeah, guys compete shit. with all the other, like Gila Fleur used to drink cognac on the bench. What a fucking trip. Like he, these guys used to smoke. They'd go into the, into the, the hallway for a smoke. Like some of these guys were just gifted athletes who didn't give a shit. Isn't that incredible? No training, just like I'm better than you. Can you, at you this imagine thing. an athlete having a cigarette like during the intermission? That would be on. These guys didn't wait till the intermission. They'd come off a like line like, change. Yeah, line change and go have a. Lafleur, you have two minutes. Get that uh, the Morier in you and out. Uh, oh my god, man! And these guys put crazy points up, man. You see them di dipsy doodle through center ice and shit like that. You're like, these guys are all fucked up. Yeah, I, I miss like true degenerate athletes. Like, remember when David Wells? Oh, was drunk man. and threw a no-hitter. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Yo, David Wells looks like a drunk uncle who just out of nowhere can throw this, yeah, that dirty little curve, a nice fastball down the middle, man. John Crock, like, you tell me that guy's an athlete? No, man. John Crock could just smack the piss out of a ball. He had no other skills, and he didn't, he obviously didn't take care of himself. I like those guys. I yeah, like they the were guys. my favorite athletes. Man, these guys, I'm trying to don't get me wrong, I still love watching sports, but these guys care too much about themselves. They're too precious now. Yeah, that's not how sports are anymore. 
I'm trying to think of who's a really precious athlete nowadays who tries to come off as a bad guy. And the first guy that comes to my head is Bryce Harper, who's like, yeah, he's, he's like, I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad boy. Then you no, see him like he's not. like a Christian tied up guy with like these goofy glasses. Like, yeah, me and my wife here just believe in Christian values. Like, Shut the fuck up, you puss. You deserve to get anybody on the Houston Astros. I would, I just love all of them getting fucking pinned. Oh, Joe Kelly's my new favorite. Oh, athlete. Joe Kelly talking shit, walking away, kind of flexing like a chicken. Like, shut the fuck up. And you can, I love when you can read the mouth and they're just going, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck and, and, Oh, man. The Astros dodged a bullet with the pandemic. Because yeah. there's no fans Dude, I, I to made, destroy them right now. Dude, I made that joke in my head. that I was like, man, the Astros must have released COVID when it happened because no one's talking about the Astros. Because it was like, yeah, it's like a week later after they did that shitty fucking press conference where Buddy's like, we're the champs. We won. It's over. Let's just get on with it. And then everyone who is like lost to them on the way in the playoffs, like, what are you nuts? I don't think the fans will forget. Like, as soon as fans oh. can come back to the stadium, people are going to be on them again. <laughs> oh, I just, I can't. We should all go watch as Toronto. Even, they, even though there's like a tiny Toronto moment where that guy, where you can hear a couple little bangs. That, that shit's kind of cool, actually. I love those videos where they, you can distinctly hear a bang yeah. before a curveball or a fastball. You're like, holy shit. Well, do you see Altuve's batting average too? Come on. He's batting like one forty-three or something. Yeah, of course he doesn't know. There's, he doesn't. He's, how, you, I'd always wonder how does this guy know? How does this guy know that fastball is coming? This six foot, no, not like five foot five, tiny little fuck who has to put everything he has as a human into the, that swing to connect with those 95s, 96 that he does. Second deck in Houston. It's that fucking brick wall. Get the fuck out of here. He knows, man. He knew. Oh, yeah. they, he knew of they were all he coming. Did. They all did. The whole don't rip my shirt thing. Come on. you never seen that. Those guys, I just hit a home run. Let's go rip my shirt off. You should. Yeah. My wife doesn't like me without my shirt. 20 photos without her shirt. Yeah. Oh, man. El and I love Altuve because he's so little. He's kind of cute. He's like, a, he's like a Marito Lopez of baseball. Woo! Well, you at know? first, yeah, you kind of like you. You root for the little guys. I like them. I liked Houston. They were so impressive. They're like a video game team. And then you learn that it, obviously they're a video game team. They're tipping the pitches. And, and, you know, I'm cool with that. I wish the Blue Jays could tip pitches and shit. I wish we had tip pitches against Kansas and Cleveland in 2015, 2016. If we pitched some fucking, if I knew that we were doing that and we had won anyway, it's too late, bro. Parade already happened. We already saw it. I don't know. I would have felt dirty. I wouldn't have liked it. I mean, fuck. I'm, I'm, I don't even I like, like, I'm a, I'm a diehard San Francisco 49ers fan. When there's a guy on their team who's a piece of shit, I'm just like, I don't care how good he is. I don't want him on the team. <sighs> okay, man. Okay, okay. Because, okay, but wait. I can't root for a, for a shithead. But the blue, did you ever hear that the Blue Jays were doing that in that playoff series? They had the man in the outfield or whatever it was, or the man in the white well, you, shirt. But that, was, that was the rule. You're allowed to signal pitches. You just can't use electronic devices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, so there's like a guy watching, you know, from somewhere. Man, I thought that was so fucking great because even though we didn't win it, that was still pretty great. I love sports conspiracies, man. I love sports conspiracies, man. I love the the air punch, the Muhammad Ali punch that doesn't connect. That knocks what's his name out. It's not Frazier. Sonny Liston knocks out Sonny Liston. Clearly, you know, does he take the dive for the mafia and the money? Blah, blah, blah. The phantom punch. The phantom punch. Man, I've watched that a million times and it doesn't look like he kind of, it just looks like the slightest. What about the hand of God? Oh, classic, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> Greatest header in the history of headers, man. Diego Maradona is hilarious. So. As a person, yeah. yeah. He's fucked, man. He's, he's such a ridiculous person. That's a good degenerate athlete. That yeah. guy is openly degenerate. A Fuck you. A perfect example of a great degenerate athlete. Oh, loved. Beloved man. by the people. Yeah. He has his own song and shit. <laughs> he, uh, so he got, when he coached the Argentina for the World Cup, 
<laughs> and before all the Argentinian press are like, this guy doesn't know how to coach. He's only a coach because of his, his name. How, but yeah. And, uh, and they went three Oh in the round Robin <laughs> and, uh, and Diego Maradona in his interview, he's like, for all you, he's like, the fans were with me, the players were with me for all you people. And I, I mean, the media who said I couldn't do it. You can suck my dick and keep sucking it. Oh my like, God. What a quote. What uh, a quote, Diego. That, dude, that's what we need in sports though. I love quotes like that, man. Dude, go back and look at Tommy Lasorda quotes. <laughs> Like watching that psycho go off on people is so funny. Dude, I love watching Thomas Lasorda yell at Elves. Never mind what he must be actually saying to them. Holy shit, dude. Oh, I love watching anybody have a meltdown. Oh, man, there's a couple of great meltdowns. I mean, obviously, there's the classics. I'm trying to think. Okay, just if you can think of a great meltdown that really sticks with you, think about it. Oh, the well, again, because I'm a Niners fan, the uh, Mike Singletary freaking out on Vernon Davis. And wait, what's, what's the. Uh, he mooned Vernon Davis in the no. locker room. <laughs> He, first of all, he threw him out in the he threw him out in the middle of the game. Holy shit! Then he mooned him in the locker room. Wow. And then when they were, he, it's that speech where he's uh, at the press conference and he's like, "Cannot win with him." Do you know that one? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Okay. And, he, and he he starts going off on him and uh, cannot coach him, cannot win with him. And honestly, that turned around Vernon Davis's career. Up until that point, he was pretty much a bust. And then he just oh, like I, I think he just wanted to prove to Singletary that. He didn't uh, deserve to be moved. What do you think psychologically happens to those busts? How do those guys come out of college, university, like number one round pick, like first round picks, all the pressure. I can't imagine what it's like to be a first round pick and bust like Anthony Bennett. That guy, remember that guy a few years yeah, ago, the Canadian yeah, yeah. dude, he got all that great press. He was going to be the next Shaq. And then he ended up being like a D-leaguer for the Raptors. Well, and it's as soon as you don't live up to your draft status. Like if Anthony Bennett went in the second round. Yeah, he'd be great played, off and the, the bench. And the played the way he played, people would have been like, wow, what a great pickup he was. But he didn't live up to his draft status. I can't remember who else went in that year, but I don't think there's any standouts. And, and it's also guys who, who went to the wrong system, like especially in football. Like a guy goes to the wrong system, gets the wrong coach, and his career's over before he gets a chance to prove himself properly. I like, like that. Like uh, um, David Carr, not Derek Carr, but David Carr, Oakland guy. No, he got well. His brother, his brother, so Derek Carr is the quarterback of Oakland. His okay. brother David Carr was the first ever draft pick by the Houston Texans. Oh wow, that guy was incredible. He was supposed to be great. He just got sacked like. 5,000 times because in the, the first Texans couple. didn't have a great team. Behind well, they were an expansion team. Yeah, they were yeah, garbage. Yeah. So that guy just got beat up and his career got ruined. Man. And there's a guy who'd like, you could label him a bust, but it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's the same thing with that guy who went to the NHL for the Ottawa Senators, like their first or second year. Dig? Alexander Day or whatever the fuck. But didn't name? Alexander Day quit hockey to become an actor? And yeah, then yeah. A couple yeah. years later, it's like, oh, I'm actually not a good actor. <laughs> But I'm a good hockey player. And Dude, he went I, back and had a... I feel like that's part of the cocaine He had a era. decent hockey career, though, didn't yeah. he? Not a first overall pick, though. Probably Patrick Stephon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, man. So many weird picks. Patrick Stephon. Man, who, who... Atlanta Thrashers? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Atlanta Thrashers were shit for a few years. Then they got Ilya Kovachuk, and it was great for a little bit. I really like the Thrashers. I wish that they, they, they had passed that on. The name, the Atlanta Thrashers. I'm such a loser. What worst expansion team we've lived through in our in our... Atlanta might be one of them. That's that's got to be up there. Worst uh, expansion team. Something that came in and out so quick that no one even really remembers. Supersonics, whatever. Supersonics were. Wow, yeah, for sure. That's probably yeah. number one. Last, like, five years. 
Yeah, because they had that guy, what's his name, like Big Mountain Reese or whatever the fuck his name was? Big, big country, country. Brian Reese. Oh, man, Brian Reese, Big Country Reese. You guys want to hear a funny story? I and wish I had done this, man. Who was the other head? They had him and was it Sharif Abdur Rahim? Yeah, Rahim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dude, that's so funny. Like, Vancouver would kill for a team nowadays. So I say this because a lot of people in Toronto still to this day hate Vince Carter for the way he left. But <laughs> I, it, I'm of the mind fucking, yeah, he didn't. He didn't leave on the best terms. Get over it, though, because the Toronto Raptors might not exist if Vince Carter never came along. 100%. Because people gave a fuck about the Raptors when they started winning because of him. And he was the biggest, he was the best player in basketball for a while. Whereas Vancouver started same year. And then their first pick was big country. And Why did they go with big country? Does any I wasn't I was a kid when that happened. Well, because he was big. That's just what it was. He was just a big basketball player. He's gonna. Yeah. So feeding the ball into the paint, and then okay. That's really funny. But yeah, I mean, nobody cared about the Raptors really until Vince came along. That makes sense. Like they had prior to that, their star was Damon Stoudemire, who was good. Who did, but, he also didn't give a shit either. But he's not save a franchise good. Vince Carter was save a franchise good. Dunk from the fucking, you know, dunk from the line good. I used to watch Vince Carter when I was a kid. And I remember when my brother would take me to games and you'd yell out pizza because that's how shit we were. That you didn't want, it wasn't about the win. It was about getting to 100 points to get some free pizza. And nobody would, people would be yelling some defense, Some like, free, awful pizza. pizza. Yeah, it was pizza, pizza. It was awful. It was fucking garbage. They'd always give you a cold slice when you came in with the ticket stuff. They didn't give a shit. Uh, yeah, I no, it's you. free. What are you going to play? Yeah, I fuck. I hated it, man. I'll tell you what, though, man. Like these threes, I can remember so much shit. I, I remember. Okay, did, what was your first sporting event that you went to? Do you remember? Uh, my first live sporting event. Yeah, uh, I went and saw the Blue Jays play at Exhibition Stadium. Crazy. And it was an exhibition game. Oh, nice. Because uh, I remember they were playing the San Diego Padres. And I remember that because Tony Gwynn was playing for the Nice. Time. Legend. And Tony Gwynn's one of the best pure hitters in the history of the game. But that guy's swing is wild. On the ball like that, it's kind of trippy. But yeah, that was my first That was my first live professional sporting event. God, that's nice. Tony Gwynn. I had a Tony Gwynn jersey as a teenager. I went to a lot of Jays games growing up. Uh, we didn't really have a... Uh, the money to go see hockey games and i'm also not a leaf fan i never have been so i didn't care to go what did you grow up a fan of uh all every team that i root for or rooted for uh because i used to cheer for the oakland athletics (laughs) uh, and now i cheer for the jays but if you go back around the time i was six years old every team i cheer for was amazing no so yeah of course I, I was an oakland a's fan a vancouver canucks fan a 49ers fan chicago bulls and shit uh yeah well of course i mean i re-watching that jordan documentary i was just like oh this is i remember all of it so well like because that's when i that's when i started caring about basketball man i only care about ba- i'm a vince carter kid okay obviously and uh makes I, sense She's part of my age group, man. And I don't give a fuck that Vince left on bad terms. I don't give a fuck about none of that. Professional athletes are allowed to do whatever the fuck they want when management is shit. You can do whatever the fuck you want, man. The only thing that bothers me is I wish him and McGrady could have put their shit aside. Can you imagine? And they just pick up one more player, this big three in the early 2000s. 
bringing it, man. Oh, it would be disgusting, man. I, I, I think about that all the time. Sometimes on sports radio, you'll hear guys go deep into it. Some guys hold it against Carter. Yeah, he was like tipping off games and shit like that, not trying, showing up to college, fucking university graduations or whatever the shit before playoff games. All that shit doesn't make a difference. Yeah, but then didn't he hang up like forty something points in that? Like, yeah, but nobody ever mentions that because they he missed a shot at the end of the game. Yeah, fuck uh, off, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, he missed a shot with a guy in his face. Obviously, man. Uh, okay, man. But I love Vince Carter. I love the it's over, ladies and gentlemen, the arm. I love it all, man. I can remember. Um, I think. Well, do, do you remember when the junkyard dog was a raptor that era of, of basketball? Yeah. Junk, Charles Oakley and uh, yeah, a bunch yeah. of weird raptors, man. Like uh, uh, was Antonio Davis. on? Yes, that team? man. Muggsy Bogues was also on the Raptors a little later on, man. We had a bunch of fucking Rafer Alston later, later, later on. There is, I feel like there was a few guys who were there just to sell tickets. A hundred percent. Like JYD. I loved him, but he wasn't very good. It's garbage basketball player. And apparently he's like not a very nice human. Even though he's supposed to be this great dude. Really? He seems so. That's what I mean. He comes off as this great dude. And then I worked, uh, I worked with some people who work for MLS and they were talking about like shitty people and they were, they mentioned, oh man, first baseman for the Jays, Troy Gloss. They said Troy Gloss was for sure one of the biggest assholes they ever worked for. Biggest diva on like, uh, and then I mentioned some other Blue Jays from that time. I was like, what about BJ Ryan? And like, uh, those guys were like, those guys were sweet. Uh, who's the other pitcher they picked up that year? I can't fucking remember. Guy with the funny Billy Goat goatee. Ended up going to the Yankees. AJ Burnett was really nice. And AJ Burnett seems like a big asshole on the mound, right? Always talking shit, but apparently he was really nice. But yeah, they, they mentioned Troy Gloss. And then, yeah, they mentioned JYD was kind of an asshole too. I was like, what? Isn't that guy like the charity dude here? Yeah, that surprises me. Junkyards. That, that guy seemed like such a, such a nice fella. You know, one time I met Del Curry. And he was buying video games at a Walmart. And I imagine those games were for Steph Curry, if that's a cool story. <laughs> uh, so a buddy of mine who works for uh, TSN, he was telling me a story uh, interviewing Del Curry when he was on the Raptors. And he said Steph was there, obviously just a kid at the time. And during the whole the whole time they were there, which was like a couple of hours, uh, Steph was just sitting there like, Shooting over and over. Didn't have a ball. He was just practicing the motion without a ball. He was uh, shooting at an imaginary net. Like that's how you get that good. You have to be a psychopath. Now. Man, that guy is a psychopath. That guy's release. That guy's release sometimes from just above the waist. I yeah. never seen something like. Okay, you know what it looks like. You ever go to like a fucking arcade and they have the little basketball hoops, and then you start getting into the rhythm, so you don't do any extra motion. So you just pick up the ball, throw, pick up the ball, throw, and it keeps going in those little basketball, and your points are going up. That's what it looks like when he shoots. I fucking hated when we were playing him in the playoffs. Dude. That's the only time I've not cheered for Steph. Yeah, Curry. of course not. I lo- the rest of the time I love him. I He's- love him. I love his little dance. I love watching him drop these deep threes. Before was it Damian Leonard? It's cool. Sure, he's like he's like the modern day deep three guy, but I remember that guy dropping it against like fucking Oklahoma with like a second left. That guy, I would feel bad. I, I would be upset if I found out he was a bad person. I can't imagine him being. A I bad don't think person. he is, but it's, there's like there's certain guys that if if you found out, you'd be crushed. Man, there's a bunch of those guys, man. When I was a kid, I used to love Curtis Joseph, and then I heard that he was kind of a jerk too, and I was like, oh, I fucking love Curtis Joseph though. Like how? But like, if you found out Joe Carter was an <laughs> asshole. He can't be. He does no. those commercials and he's always smiling, Joe. And he, dude, touch them all, Joe. I'll, dude, I, w- I was only like two or three when that happened. And I still cry when I watch it, watching Torontonians, people that are like, you know, my people in the audience just fucking shaking each other. He hit a fucking walk off home run to win the World Series. 
man, you guys were in the room for that. Was that, you guys watched that. You guys, I'm sure, watched that. Absolutely. A craziest thing, right? Like one of the best moments of your life sporting-wise? Oh, wow. You're so young. That's such a great age. 16, we 17. Our, our, our no way. After, yeah. We walked down Young Street. Oh, wow. Everybody who on South was on the, on the Eaton Center side. Yeah, yeah. North was on the opposite side. Crazy. So perfect. Dude, we're going to party, but we got to party. Okay, everyone just move this way. I love that everybody was moving correct. Man, you guys want to know, like, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. He was a foster kid, basically, and made every meal for himself from the age of 10. Oh, so that's probably why he's a hard ass. It's not that he's a hard ass. He's just never been given his own breaks and he, you know. I might have just been an interaction, you know. Sometimes people meet people at a golf tournament, and that's how they'll like remember them forever. Hey, I know, and they took it personally. Yeah, no kidding. And then he was an asshole. He wouldn't even sign my fucking Felix Poppin jersey, my fucking Peter Ing jersey. Well, that's the thing is, you you meet you meet somebody on a bad day, yeah, and they're, they're kind of shitty to you. And that's the story that circulates. And that's the one that I get as like a 12 or 13 year old kid that Cujo's not even that nice of a guy. And then you're like, I love Cujo. That guy was the man. I used to be a goalie as a kid. And you know how many times I used to just fucking flash the leather in my head. Just you think of Cujo just robbing people. You do the little roll around. Oh my God. Those are fucking the glory years of the Leafs. Jeez, my, I can't even think about that. My, uh, my comedy bar softball team won that competition were you part of that fucking to, squad to play, to play with alomar and carter were you on the field did you go show up did you get to yeah that? dude i made uh, a diving catch and, no. and alomar walked over and fist bumped no, me I for did it. it and i was just like you know what that might be the crowning achievement of my sports career i just got a fist bump from a hall of famer oh my god my oh my god i couldn't handle that if I made a big catch in front of like a childhood athlete of mine, you know what I mean? And then they come over like, go catch. And you're like, oh, go catch from Roberto Alomar. Okay, go catch. We, uh, Woo! and, and <laughs> for the record, uh, Joe Carter was so lovely and sweet. Of course he must have been. Because uh, I just meant, imagine if Joe Carter was an asshole. And of course he wasn't. He was, he was incredible. And he was probably having these big hearty laughs with everybody. And oh, stuff. yeah. So the first that bad I had of the game, I hit a home run and Joe Carter's playing first base. And I fucking, I trot around first base and Carter whips his glove at me. <laughs> oh, but the the best part of it, I was sitting on the bench uh, at one point and I was sitting uh, and it was just me and Roberto Alomar sitting on the bench at one no. point. And, uh, and I was like, hey man, I got to ask. And I was like, what was it like um, when you hit that home run? Off, off Eckersley? Off, off Eckersley. Oh man. And... I, I literally watched his entire, like his demeanor change. Amazing. And you could see him reliving that moment. In to it, tell in you what face. it was like. And then a huge grin on his face. And he's like, oh man, uh, oh man, that was, uh, that was unbelievable. You know, like, <gasps> you know, that, that entire year that guy was, he was like almost unhittable. So, uh, man, it was just so unbelievable. And you could see like, the you could joy. see the joy in oh. his face, like still. <laughs> 30 years later in his head, he's like, that was Of course, because Tanner Sekis, he's a jerk. He's always pointing at the fucking dugout and shit like that. He's a mental case. Man, Dennis Eckersley would come out that year and he would throw nine strikes. And that, oh, that was just it. strike out three guys with nine straight oh, pitches. Oh, man, I fucking hate that dude. He man. was unbelievable. And I at the time, like, I was so torn because, like I said, I grew up an athletics fan. But everyone was cheering for the Jays. And and I knew the Jays team probably better at the time. So I was like, I don't know who I want to win. 
and I then the Jays ended up. I to ask Roberto Alomar this. Oh, I would say it was what a fucking great day. Of that course, was. man. And uh, it couldn't have happened with more of a fun team like the Baby Zeps. Yeah, they're great peeps. It's a bunch of great people, man. It, yeah, it's it's literally the just, nicest of comedians that you could take a handful of. Yeah, and just everyone just team. likes going out and having a laugh. I don't. I certainly don't play sports. They didn't like uh, Maggie Baloney slide into home plate or something like that, or was she, she the umpire or something like that? She is my favorite player. She plays second base. Yeah, dude, she's like wild. I heard she's dude. all heart. <laughs> she she'll dive in front of balls. Nice. Like, yeah. Dude, she, yeah, I heard her man. shins are always all bruised up oh, by the end of the man. season. But Dude, uh, yeah, that team's so much fun. I wish she got to that. I wish she had a Carter story too. I wish you're like, I, I also has Joe because that shit would have been magic too. I mean, what's he going to tell you? You know what he's going to well, tell so you? He's the, tell he's the we had one on one team and one on the other team. Oh, and yeah. So we had Alamar and they had Carter. I'll take Alamar over Joe. Fuck, I got to take Alamar. Joe, uh, I mean, yeah, I, like I had a little bit of interactions with Joe, like when he threw his glove at me. Okay, I'll take that forever, man. It would be crazy. Yeah. I, I would love to just see Joe in a mall, and that would be my story. I see Joe Carter in a mall. I would, I would, never mind, Joe Carter threw a fucking glove at me as I rounded first. Nah, he was, they, he was, and he showed up early, left late. Shut up, yeah, come on. Like he was, he was such a, he, man, such a beauty. You know, Joe Carter's career is, nobody remembers him as a Baltimore. You know, he goes to Baltimore, nobody gives a shit about Joe Carter, but he comes to Toronto. No, he was a San Diego Padre too, before he came to Toronto. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he came over in the deal, right? He was a Cleveland Indian for like several years in all spring, all all-star, and then went to San Diego, and then he was part of the Fernandez. The Fernandez deal with the, wow. Big trade. The crime dog. The crime dog. I didn't know he was a rookie with the Jays. Yep. I didn't know that. I, I looked at Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Big Sess was a, started out as a J. That's crazy, huh? And they chose him over. Wow. They used to have cooler names in Fred baseball McGriff. too. Yeah. Yeah. They did. They Ma- did. Do you remember the player named Mackie Sasser? No, that's a cool. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and Oil Can Boyd? No, man. There's names that I like, like Mo Vaughn. I used to love Mo Vaughn. Mo Vaughn, just this big, luggy dude. Yeah. Hits it 300,000 feet or he strikes out like like he's a peewee hitter. And it was so fucking Mo Vaughn, man. There was a, man, Nomar Garcia Parra was one of mine. I hated that guy because he did the two minutes of like glove shit. I couldn't stand that guy. No, he man. also, like he started to, like his star started to rise when I started started to not give a fuck about baseball yeah there's a weird time in baseball and then a 9-11 happens and everybody brings baseball back it's like pre-9-11 baseball was hitting well the strike the 94-95 strike killed baseball and i was at that age where you know i was just starting to care more about girls than watching baseball so i just i i didn't watch baseball again really until the the mcguire sosa home run race that's great though that's a good steroids save baseball i don't care what anybody says i would love to have steroids in baseball like a small amount of steroids let's go nate pearson fix that elbow fucking let's to be honest with you i don't I don't give a fuck about steroids of baseball. Go ahead. Why would we care? It's entertainment for us. We're not the fucking athletes. We yeah. sit at home. And I want to watch a 500 footer hit the fucking top of the dome. Yeah. Woo! I mean, that was that literally steroids save baseball. You can talk man. as much shit as you want. About no way. Man. How I steroids want that. was such a, a, a pock mark on baseball's fuck history. Fuck off, man. No, they no one cared about baseball until two guys chase one of the oldest records and then just 
Everyone gave a shit about it. Man, how do you not think Mark McGuire's on steroids that year? The guy's just, just it's like he's just, he, he's so stiff. His home runs are so fucking stiff. It's, it's, it's unbelievable to watch this giant chest on the dude. But I love those home runs. I don't even like Sammy Sosa because he wasn't very good in a video game I had as a kid. But Mark McGuire was like a 10 out of 10, you know? But For real, that's, that, that's how you like rate shit when you're a kid. I do find it interesting, though, that Sammy Sosa somehow kind of... uh avoided a lot of the criticism at the time <laughs> yeah with the and everybody and knew he was juicing too like man the guy was like his, a 220 hitter to 325 50 home runs he yeah. also went from like 180 pounds to <laughs> 260 he did he went from a speedster to a to a power hitter man i mean that that bat speed that guy's bat speed is wild when you watch those couple of years and at least mcguire at the time was admitting to taking anabolic steroids Yo, which man, were he's legal. The man. yeah he's the man though that guy, that guy's swing happens so early in, in 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 the in the pitch coming to the plate. Watch those home runs. He already knows. It's the same thing with Barry Bonds. They already know they're gonna smash the fucking ball so early. Sammy Sosa's not like that. Sammy Sosa's like because he doesn't have the power that they had. He had to put all bad swing. Dude, that guy, that ball. Those are like the weirdest looking home runs. Just he's close to the hand. Bam, bam. I think he might have been using a cork bat that whole time. Maybe he got caught with that a few years later after the whole thing. And also, McGuire hit forty nine home runs as a rookie. Yeah, and if he, you look at him, he was a rail, dude. Dude's a man. And that record stood until did Judge break it? Judge broke it, right? Judge got fifty. But I don't even yeah, know. McGuire had forty nine home runs, and that was the rookie record until Aaron Judge broke. Yeah, it. those guys got that kind of fucking. And then he couldn't stay healthy ever you can't stay healthy with those kind of like muscle build you can't fucking but then he started taking steroids and then he started being healthy you know who needs steroids chris davis from the fucking uh baltimore orioles that guy who hit like 50 home runs and they gave him like 50 million dollars and he hasn't hit a home run in months i, I would love to see steroids Did, didn't you go like oh for 56 yeah he did he did he went oh for 56 i love chris davis because he used to destroy us him and adam jones yeah i, used to, I hate that though that little year of the orioles run and then just to see him strike out on like 70 mile an hour curveballs like he did, like you and i would or something is oh man it's so satisfying who's your favorite athlete to root against chris davis is up there Mar brad marchand from boston is up there for oh, me as a leaf yeah, fan marchand and i'm not even a leaf fan i would love to have him on my team but i I, I don't hate know if him. I would though. He's such a dick. I'd probably love him if he was on yeah, my team. Yeah, of course, man. Imagine that guy on your second or third line whacking people like a motherfucking maniac. I love that shit. Who do I love to cheer against? Oh man, I love to cheer against what's his name, Johnny Football, when he came to the CFL. I was like, you can't yeah. even make it. Remember Johnny Football? Yeah, Manzel. Oh. He was such a dick. Such a dick, dude. Such a fucking dick. And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna smash this league. You guys aren't, and he couldn't even finish his touch. Like I, it's oh man. I love to cheer against. Uh, like I, I always like cheering against Peyton Manning. I didn't like him. <laughs> Thought he was an ass. I think oh, I think Tom Brady is overrated, so Ooh. I cheer against him. You think Tom Brady is the um is the team around him as a whole more than he is as an individual? Absolutely. Of course, of course. Half his fucking Super Bowls are won by the defense. More than half. Nobody I would argue almost every single one is won by defense, except except the Atlanta Falcons one where clearly... No, no, that was also the defense. The defense they, shot down the Atlanta Falcons in the second, second half of the game. And Tom Brady threw a ball that hit... Uh, I forget who... It hits the, the Atlanta Falcons' safety in the chest. And that game would have been over. 
Tom Brady should have thrown a pick to lose that game. He did. He should have thrown the pick. The best Super Bowl Tom Brady ever played was the one they lost to the Eagles. That was the best he's ever played in a Super Bowl. That was a good season. He was on fire that season. Yeah. I just just think. uh, You think Tom Brady's overrated? Who would you say is a good quarterback like like nowadays? Like who, who would you say is not an overrated quarterback? Like Mahomes is clearly showing up. He's doing some cool shit. I would say he's a little overrated, but he I mean, hasn't got to prove himself yet. This this is gonna taste like vinegar saying this. Um because as a 49er fan. As a 49er <laughs> fan, R- Russell Wilson is the oh. best. He's the best quarterback in the league. He's better than Patrick Mahomes. Are you saying that because of his choice making? Like when it comes to like what uh, he does I'm on the I'm saying field? that because for years he has had a garbage football team hundred percent. And he carries them to the playoffs every, every year. year. And he gives them a fighting chance in the playoffs every year. Patrick Mahomes not knocking him. I do think he's fantastic, but his team is incredible. Yeah. They His were team is great. great. They have a great team top to bottom. Seattle Seahawks have a garbage football team, and Russell Wilson drags them kicking and screaming. What's the name the of their playoffs. coach? It's fucking Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's antics, bro. That guy's funny, man. I like I love football coaches. I love the uh, I love rooting against Pete Carroll. I hate his face. Yeah, yeah. He's dude, he's got that. He's always of, chewing gum with his mouth yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's got that face, dude. He's such I, a, well, I want to punch his face so dude, bad. Pete Carroll, man. Easy to hate. Super easy to hate. Look, you know who I love is the Raiders coach. I can't remember his name right now either. Gruden. Fuck. Gruden, dude. I love Bill Belichick. Come on. I love Bill Belichick. No, you don't. He's an absolute mastermind and a complete prick, and it's all calculated, and it's all smart. I love him. He's the best coach in the history of the game. I think – I would argue he might He's, be the best coach in sports ever. He might be. Okay. How do you keep a football team in the playoffs for two decades in a row? Uh, using pretty much the same quarterback the whole time. Yeah. Just, but, I mean, look, the, like the, the last Super Bowl that Tom Brady won, he was garbage in can, that Super Bowl. Can we think of a dynasty off the top of our heads in football that are, that's like that? What do you mean? That that 20-year runs, like like the Steelers no, or something. Nobody's had a run that long. No one's had that kind of the stuff. The Cowboys right? had a long run in the 90s. The, sure. The Niners had a long run in the 80s in the first half of the 90s. Of course, Montana. The Steelers and, and the and, – uh, and, the uh, the Dolphins both had great runs, but two decades is unheard. Of. Two decades where you're almost uh, you're almost considered the winner or the most likely to win for a good portion of those years too. They were the favorites a lot of those years. Yeah, and look, I don't think Tom Brady's a bad quarterback. Whenever I say Tom Brady's overrated, people freak out and think I no, think no, Tom no, Brady no, no. sucks. I just don't think Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Ooh, spicy take. I love it. I fucking love it. I don't even think he's he's not top five. Oh my god. Spiciest there, take I of said the, it. I, that's there, crazy. I said it. Okay, come on, man. He, come he on. has he, he has by without great. question, he has the best resume in the history of football. <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna argue that shit. So yeah. You know. Okay, on and off the field, am I right, man? But seriously, that's not even Okay, top even, five. I'm, oh, I'm kind on, of being a prick. Five, I know. Give him number five, bro. He, all right, he's number five. He's the fifth best quarterback. Are you, a guy who like, are you like a Terry Bradshaw guy or something? You're like one of those guys. You like like the, that, that glory years of the cold football games and shit. Well, people think because I'm a Niners fan, I think Tom or uh, Joe want, Montana is. Everyone's gonna say. I think Joe Montana is the second best quarterback of all time. I think the best quarterback of all time is Dan Marino. Oh my god! And, and the only reason people don't put him up there is because he never won a Super Bowl. But go back and look at his rosters. Why don't you tell me the other Hall of Famers he played with? I can't even. I swear to fucking God. There's none. I was, the I was even going to say. I can't even think of a receiver. There's usually a guy who's teamed up, bro, with the quarterback he, that becomes famous. He put up 5,000 yards in an era when hitting 4,000 was crazy. 
And only 20 years later, when they changed the rules entirely so that you can't hit a quarterback and you can't touch the receiver, did anybody get up to 5,000? And he did it. He did it. I forget what year he did it, but the game was so much different then. If he had today's rules, he'd throw he'd easily throw for 5,500 yards. Dude, I can't even think of his his team, his dude, right? Like Favre's got Freeman. Brady's got a whole string of them. Yeah, he had like. Irving Fryer for part of his career. I don't even know who the fuck Irving Fryer is. I can't even put a face to Irving Fryer. He had is the he did <laughs> have, he did have a couple of good receivers. Yeah, but there's he never, like somebody who loves Dan Marino out there. He's like, come on, guys. Yeah, I'm sure there's somebody. I mean, how many Hall of Famers did Tom Brady play with? I, that's what I'm saying. How There's many times did his defense carry him to it? And the, you know those two Super Bowls they that they lost to the Giants. They put up 14 and 17 points. And is, is that incredible? Is that, no. is that the best worst quarterback in the history? Not Peyton Manning, but his brother, um, the other shitty little Eli Manning, Eli Manning the little weirded Manning. Is he, that the best worst quarterback ever? No, he's just a, a bad quarterback uh, who got two Super Bowls. He's just lucky. He and, got, and he's going to, because of his name and those two Super Bowls, he's going to get into the Hall of Fame and he will be without question the worst player in, in Canton. When he goes in, and he will go in. When he goes in, he will be the worst football player that has a bust in Canton. I can't even believe he does, he kind of looks doofy. He he made four Pro Bowls mm. in his 16 year career. Oh, Two of them were as an alternate, so he didn't even make the Pro Bowl. He, he was just, just the on guy the list. that could go. Uh, he never once led the league in any major statistical category. Uh, except for interceptions, in which he led the league <laughs> twice. Hey, Eli. He he by and large was a bad quarterback for the most the, the most part of his career. His most famous throw is almost a miss. His career completion percentage is lower than Jameis Winston's. No. He was a shitty quarterback. And the only time he won was when they had an incredible defense. I like Winston because he's kind of like this little wee-wee quarterback that everyone thought he was like. He's like the doof dog. What do you call those dogs that come out last that everybody hates? Like a mutt. He's kind of like a mutt football player. Like, yeah, you're good, but you're not as good as the other guys. Have you seen his pregame E to W speech? No, man. If you watch it, there's no possible way you could like James Winston after that. It is the worst hype speech I've ever of heard. Of course. He's a mutt of a person. He's the bottom, but he's like this good mutt dude. He was like, today we're going to eat a W. And then he makes a W with his hands. <laughs> and then he starts pretending to eat his fingers. And I I'm can. like, this is embarrassing. You're a grown dude, man. Dude, I love, I love those like uh, speeches, man. Like there's a dude from the Texans who always goes off, man. Because football season's not in right now. Other names are sticking in my head right now. But you know what I'm talking about. The dude from the Texans, big old dude. He's like their Gronk. I can't remember his name right now. JJ Watt. JJ Watt, man. And he always does those like, we're going to get out of there. We're going to show these guys what we're going to do. How we're going to eat your kids. We're going to eat the families. Let's get the wow. I love that fucking shit. But he also does it, but he's like such a like a good Christian boy. So is he one of those guys? So they don't no. sound, I don't know if he's a Christian he boy, probably or not, is one of those but he's good a, Christian but he's a boy. good boy. So his speech kind of comes off lame. Oh, you know what? I didn't know. I thought he was, I mean, I always think these guys are badass because I never look into it. So JJ Watts, like a little fucking Bryce Harper, right? Like one of these guys. Like, no, I don't think, I think JJ Watts actually a good person. I think Bryce Harper's actually a shithead. Yeah. He's a turd. I think he's a turd, man. I think Bryce Harper is the biggest turd in baseball. I don't think he deserves any of the money that he got. He's no better than like a fucking, he's like a Teoscar Hernandez or some shit. I mean, oh, who's coming with the hot takes? <laughs> Look at the numbers. Look, I'm you can hate a guy. You got to give him some. I'm not going to throw him under that bus though. You're Teoscar Hernandez. All right, all right. Maybe. <laughs> Bryce Harper is one of my, I just, I fucking wish they hit him every time. 
There's a couple of guys that I just fucking hate like that. Chris Davis, Hayseen. Rugned. Oh, Rugned. Rugned's shit because he always hits homers off the Jays too. As soon as you're hating on him, you're like, look at this piece of shit. Opposite veil for the little man. You're like, oh, son of a bitch. Oh, man, I'm trying to think of so many people that I used to hate, man. I can't even think of anybody anymore. I used to hate Ty Domi, and he played for the Leafs. Like, I hated him as a Leaf. I uh, I hated Darcy Tucker. Oh, man, Darcy Tucker's shit, yo. Darcy he's Tucker's a garbage shit. hockey player. Yeah, and, and he's like, oh, man. And Leaf fans made me hate him because they're like, oh, he's so good. I'm he's like, no, he's not. He's terrible. He got 16 goals, and he got into a fight. Darcy Tucker. <laughs> Darcy Tucker's got five more minutes. Listen. You want to hear a crazy quick Darcy Tucker story? I never met him. I don't know the dude. But one time I was buying earrings for my wife at, uh, we were going to like some fucking, I don't know, some fucking jewelry store in Yorkdale. And I walk in and the jewelry guys are talking. Ooh, somebody's doing well. <laughs> I can't remember what it was after that. I wanted to say Tiffany's, but I don't think it's Tiffany's. And this fucking shit, the guys are talking about a Leaf player that came in and the guy said, all time great. And all, a Leaf all time great Darcy Tucker was just here. And I remember hearing that and nearly fucking puking in my fucking mouth. Yeah. All time great. You want to hear a crazy story? Remember Alexander McGillian and Shane Corson? Did you ever hear what happened to those two oh, guys? Yeah. Buddy fucked his wife and shit like that? Everybody knows about Isn't that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that good old hockey beef, man? Buddy fucked his wife. I mean, that's pretty shitty, but that's also, a, yeah, yeah. It, you know, from not being part of it, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. They're teammates and Buddy fucked his wife. What During about Steve a playoff Nash? run. Did you ever hear what happened to Steve Nash's wife? I don't think so. Bro, Steve Nash, he's not with his wife anymore. She she gave birth to a black baby. Shut up. You're making that up. No, man. Steve Nash's kid. Is he making this up? I'm not making that up, man. Steve Nash divorced his wife a day. Okay, this is how great it was. I looked up. Okay, Steve Nash one day. I see it on the news. Steve Nash celebrating birth of his newest son with wife. Next day, Steve Nash has announced that he will be divorcing his wife. So I go on to these Is blogs. this real? Yeah, man. I think it's Quentin Richardson or something like that. Fucked his wife. The baby came out black. No, it got no price on purpose. He, he tried, like, man, hush, hush. How embarrassing. Don't, you know, nobody ever talked about it. He just divorced his wife silently because the baby that came out that he left to go be part of came out black. Steve Nash, Canadian legend, has a black baby. Well, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, not anymore. That's fucking wild. That's a wild one, huh? I know, man. No, they got no press on purpose because I think he's a decent person and nobody wanted to embarrass him on the news like that. Steve Dash's wife gives birth to a black baby. Like, it just destroyed this it's the suicidal level of shit. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check that out, man. He divorced his wife a day after. And the reason was because the baby came all black or light skin, clearly. But, um, man. well, I don't think he has any ill will towards the child. It was probably because of what uh, the wife did uh, to have that child. Yeah, yeah. Quentin Richardson, apparently. So I think it's Quentin Richardson. I might be wrong by the name, but I know it's something like that. And uh, yeah, that was such a great. That's There's so many great. Man, we, we, I, fuck, we, we should have got more into sports conspiracy. That was like the best part of the fucking whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was the last 20 minutes we're like man you know sports are fucked okay yo bebs that was fun man did you have a good time i had a great time buddy. that was not bad right yeah it was good to see yeah. you again yeah man it was nice minute. okay yo guys if you're still listening you fuck nuts just listen and check out rob bebenick rob is spelled like what you think it's going to be g-t-b-l-r and then his last name is spelled bebenick b-e-b-e-n-e-k i knew that i had to look at that if i, I was no way i was going to get that right Babe neck. You guys know me for 11 years. You think yeah. I'm going to fucking, off the top of my head, B-B-E-N-E-K, you know I can, I, I can spell Mike Rita. <laughs> you fucker. I took the time to learn your name. And then I, I, you know, hey, all right, uh, you know, Bob Rebnick. 
dude that was the best man that was great and thank you for everybody listening thanks for coming robbie i hope everybody listens to your album oh man you're the best thanks so much dude thanks buddy yeah man we're gonna roll the credits now we have these long fake credits that we just roll right now and then now there's no sound it's just us talking so we just keep pretending that we're talking and then we're talking you know and we talk about the news Uh, like you know i'll do this like that's quite a touch that's quite a touch (laughs) you know i'm about it oh yeah i forgot we need we need Fuck. our fucking episode something. Yeah, you gotta get this album this one out quick. One, two, three, one, two, three.